for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we may live through him. In this is love, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. Your word is true. And what a wonderful privilege it is, Lord, this morning to be in your presence. Father, we just pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts. One of the most important subjects that we could ever talk about today is your love. So we pray this morning, God, that you would just speak to our hearts. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Moreover, give us a heart that loves all people. And Father, we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I apologize for that. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. I mean, no, there's, you know, we, we're not perfect people. So, uh, so thank you so much for reading the scripture this morning. I want to talk to you about a very, very important subject this morning as it relates to the kingdom of God. We have been in a series and we've been talking about living the Jesus way or live like Jesus. So we have been looking at the characteristics of Christ and kind of bringing him into focus. Because I think sometimes as believers, it's so easy to look at the works of Christ and we focus on that. And we say, okay, I want to do the works of God. I want to do the works of God. And all that's fine and good. But we, a lot of times we kind of gloss over his character, who he is. I've said before at the beginning of this message that God's number one agenda is to conform all of us to the image of Christ. In other words, God wants us to be more like Christ. So then the more our character reflects the person of Christ, the more God is able to use us the way that we desire to be used. Amen. And so we're going to talk about his love. And if one of the things we got to understand about Jesus is, uh, is that Jesus is a lover of people. I want that to sink. I mean, I want that to just get down in your spirit. Jesus loved people. He loved being around them. He talked to people, people that were not like himself. He ate with them. He fellowshiped with them. He shared with them. He understood their, their, their pain. He, he, understood, he, he understood what they were going through, and he was always there offering words of hope and words of encouragement. Jesus loved people. I think about the world's way of love. How many know the world's way of love is completely different? Sister Hubbard spoke about that this morning when she says that God always does things opposite the way of the world, and he does. He does. That's that's the way he does things. And what we understand about God and we understand about the world, well, let's just focus on the world for a second. The world's love kind of says, well, if you treat me right, I'll treat you right. If you love me, I'll love you. If you don't cross me, then I won't cross you. See? If you don't hurt me, then I won't hurt you. So the world's love is based upon how somebody else treats you. That ain't God's love. God's love is deep. God's love gives us what we need even though we don't deserve it. You are a believer today because at some point you got a hold of God's love. The light bulb came on and you realized, wow, this is what I've been missing. How many of you first got saved? You was like, wow, was this what I was missing? I mean, the devil thought it was, he had me thinking that it was all fun and good 
to just live outside the will of God. But when I got saved, my eyes opened and I realized God's love for me. There's, you know, there are a lot of believers and Christians who don't understand God's love for them. They think that God is up there just mad and angry and he cannot wait for you to step out of line so that he can just hit you right across the head. Some people preach the gospel that way. With anger. When Jesus preached, Jesus always preached with love. Let me tell you something. Why do you think all those people were following him? You know, there was a multitude of people that's always clamoring to be around Jesus. Yes, okay, yes, Jesus gave some insight. Jesus said, yeah, yeah. He, he, he even called him out one time. He said, y'all follow me because y'all want something to eat. I'm paraphrasing. Y'all wanted some bread. Some of them followed him because they, they just wanted healing. But whatever the case, they knew that he was vastly different than anything that they had experienced. Because everything they had experienced prior to that was, gave them a sense of hopelessness. Jesus offered them love, hope, and acceptance. At the core of every human being is a desire to want to be loved and accepted. Am I right about it? And the problem with us is we look at it, we look for it in different ways in different places. And, and somehow the enemy, the devil, tries to tell us that you can be happy if you have more girlfriends, more boyfriends. If you have the right person in your life, that'll finally make you happy. And so you put all your hope in this individual until this individual lets you down. And then it's like, you know, we're disillusioned, we're upset, we're frustrated. We're going to talk this morning about a love that never fails. You would be tempted to look, listen to this message this morning and think to yourself, Okay, I understand God's love. That's good. I, I, I know that. But, but, but what you also must understand that there's a connection because God expects you to love just like he loved. Now, you can only accomplish that by the grace of God. How I many know you need the grace of God to love some people? I'm just saying. I mean, it's okay to say, it's okay to say Pastor, it's hard. It's hard to love this person. It's not wrong with that. But it doesn't absorb you from the responsibility of loving people. You can't preach the gospel and disconnect your emotions. Jesus, oftentimes when he preached, I mean, there was one time when he was, he looked at the sheep and, and he saw that they looked like sheep without a shepherd. He saw them be, and he had compassion on them. The Bible said that the, that the rich young ruler when, when, when he was like, when, when he came running to Jesus and said, look, I've done everything. And Jesus looked at him, the Bible said, and loved him and said, no, 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 no. Sell everything you got and give it to the poor. But Jesus didn't say that with anger. He didn't say it with frustration. He said it with love. Our gospel message must be bathed with love. The problem is, in order to love people, you got to not love yourself as much. I didn't say don't love yourself, because if you're not healthy, you really, you know what I'm saying, you can't be a blessing to somebody else if you're jacked up and you don't know who you are. So you need to be healthy, right? You need to be healthy. But the world's love is unselfish. It's, it's a selfish kind of love. But we got to, as a body of Christ, we need to deviate from that. We, we're going to talk about a kind of love that goes beyond the surface that some of you will be a little bit uncomfortable with this morning. I will just put you on notice. You're, some of you are going to say, you're going to be tempted to listen to this word and say, mm. all I'm going to say is this. Just, if you don't agree with what I say at the end of the service, come talk to me. If you say, Pastor, what you just said ain't biblical. I want to hear you. Either we're going to believe this book or we're not, right? Either we're going to live it or we're not. Jesus says, a commandment, a new commandment, I leave you. Love one another. Not optional. It's a command. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad this person treated me. You don't know the, you don't know any of that, any of the, what they did. You don't understand. I probably don't. But I know what the book says. And if Jesus asks you to love, he, tells, he commands us to love, how do you know he would give you the grace of love if your heart is right? 
if your heart is open. He will give you the grace to love people who mistreat you badly. How many of you have been mistreated, taken advantage of, felt used in life? And some people, you struggle to even be around. But we're going to call on, we're going to ask for God's help. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be changed. I really want to be a lover of people like Jesus is a lover of people. Because if I can do that, I can win. See, the people were drawn to Jesus because the people knew that he cared. Well, how do we know he cared? Because love always demonstrates stuff. He just kept doing stuff. He just kept blessing them, loving them, meeting their needs. He didn't say, well, look, I'll meet your need if you do these five steps. If you come to church, read your Bible, fast and pray every Sunday, then I'll bless you. People needed a healing. Jesus healed. People were hungry. He fed them. He just, the Bible says he ran around doing good. People mistreat him, talking about him, and Jesus kept blessing people. I hope you hear my heart this morning. Jesus hanging on the cross, he said. Now, we, we, we look at that, we read that, and we, we, we can miss it. Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. People are lost. Do you hear me? People are broken. People need help. Jesus says that you are the light of the world. That's why it is so messed up. I'm whispering because I really want you to listen hard to hear me. That's why it's so messed up when people out there see that the people in the church can't get it right. That we don't love each other. Church splits, arguments, fighting in parking lots. And they look, so why do I need to go to church? You obviously don't believe that. I mean, this is just another thing for you to do. I don't, I don't want to just do another thing. I really want to be conformed. The church, Jesus says, people will know that you are my disciples because of the love that y'all have for each other. That love attracts people. The kind of love that God gives us is the kind of love that makes people come running to him. Not this kind of conditional love. And many of us, we all are recipients of God's grace. We're, 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 you know, we think about the love of God. Y'all know, y- y'all know who you are. Now, everybody in here got, got areas in their life they don't want people to know about. You got some parts of your life. Come on, am I, am I talking about this morning? Everybody in here got areas in your life where you don't want people to know about. But how many know God knows it all? And he still loves you. He ain't holding it against you. He still, he still, he still says, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, 3. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. You were drawn to him because God came after you. You weren't really looking for God. God was after you long before you ever arrived on the scene. He was hounding you. And yet, it's something about our psyche that we misappropriate that as it relates to our brothers and our sisters. As it relates to other people. We get saved sometimes and we forget. We don't mean no harm. We just forget sometimes. We just forget, you know, we get, you know, after you get righteous, you get clean. You know, when you come out of the world, it makes you clean. You feel refreshed. You feel like you've been made new. And so if you're not careful, you can forget where you came from and you start treating other people. Uh, you, you start walking around other people with a little bit of pride because you think a little bit higher than yourself than what you ought to be thinking. Because if it were not for the grace of God, none of us would make it. None of us. Not one person in here. Now, I want you to know, I just went all over. I don't even know where I am, but I'm just going to preach what God is saying in my heart. Because this is in my heart. 
Turn to John 3.16. God help us. Jesus. Everybody in here can quote that verse without looking at it. Can, you, can everybody look up here? Just look at me. Let's say that together. Just look at me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Can you say that in your sleep? But look at verse 17. He says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus, Jesus, the disciple says. Say, say we're going to take you by force. We're going to make you take this, just, just, just rule over this thing. Just take over. Jesus had to tell him, you don't know what spirit you are. The disciples even said one time, Lord, the people won't act right. They said, Lord, won't you just send fire from heaven and just burn them up? Jesus looked at him. He says, you don't know what kind of spirit you are of. I did not come to condemn the world. Judgment is coming. But we're living in the age of grace. When Jesus came, he wasn't, up, he wasn't walking around trying to, he, it wasn't happy for him to say that you're going to go to hell. You know, there are some people who say that and they say it with pride. It ought to bring tears to our eyes to think of somebody being in that predicament. It ought to. Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would have eternal life. Now, God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? The most precious thing to him ever, his son. He said, I love you so much. I'm going to send my son. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be blooded. He's going to be abused. And I'm doing all of that for you. I'm going to do it for you. Because I love you that much. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you what you need. Not necessarily what you want. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you life. I love you so much. And, 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 and people say, why haven't Jesus come yet? Why haven't he come yet? There should be a part of us that say, Lord, don't come yet. There's still people that need you. Some of us, we get in our four, we get in our Christian circle. Oh, Lord, I can't wait. I've been guilty of it. Lord, come, Lord Jesus, come. Paul, even Paul put it this way. Paul said, I'm confused. He said, I got a desire to be with you, but then I want to be with Christ too. But he was conflicted because he says, I want to make sure that this message gets out. I got to make sure that, that, that people know that. There is, that there is a way out. You don't have to live this way because when this life is over, it's over. There is no dying and then trying to get it right up there. It's now or never. Amen. He so loved the world that he gave. He gave. In 1 John 4, 7, this is incredible. Go back to 1 John 4, 7, if you will. 1 John 4, 7. Thank you, Lord. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Is now. For us, we have to work at love. Sometimes we got to fast and pray to love. Sometimes we got to cry to love. We really got to work at it. But the Bible says that God is love. Some of you didn't get that. God is love. See, with Islam, for them, they don't believe that God could be like their lover, their, 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 their father. They don't believe that. They don't believe that. 
It's hard for them. For them, that shirk. You're disrespecting God. But they don't know the true God. The true God is he's a God of love. He says, Paul puts it this way in Romans, that we can say, Abba, Father. That means Daddy. I mean, just get on knees every now and then to say, Daddy, I need you, Daddy. Daddy, I'm in trouble, Daddy. God is the very thing that everybody is looking for. He is love. He don't have to try to love. God don't have moments where his love kind of digress. He don't have moments where he kind of loses it. God is love. It is his character. God does not know not how to love. I know I said that wrong, but y'all get it? God is the very thing that everybody out there is looking for. He is love. You want to know what the definition of love is? It's God. He established love. He created love. It's who he is. It's his nature. It's his character. Everything that God does, he does out of love. He's long-suffering, not willing that anybody should perish, but they all come to a knowledge of the truth. <sighs> He's not willing that anybody perish. You know, sometimes you hear people say some horrible things, even believers get mad at people and say, you know, you can go to dot, 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 dot. There's nothing worse that you could ever say out of your mouth. Jesus. Jesus never, ever, ever, ever came close to that. When he called out the religious leaders, he was calling them to repentance, but he did not want them to go there. But they were so stuck in their arrogance that they weren't going to hear it no other way. But you know love. You're his children. We're his children. There should be love oozing all out of this place. Love. Because we've been born of him. See, he says, everyone who loves is born of God. See, John, John is speaking about the, a kind of love that we all have been born again with. See, this love is implanted into our hearts. Now look, look with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. As if you thought that was tough, well, it's going to get tougher. But how many, how many know that sometimes when you love, love rejoices in truth? I had a lady once tell me she was a pastor's wife. She looked me in the face and she said, I don't like people. I said, wow. Do you not know that love is Christianity 101? Do you not know that's an elementary thing? That's the found, you know, the Sermon on the Mount was incredibly powerful. And the people, the Bible says when people, when Jesus got through preaching that sermon, they said they were amazed at the words that came out of his mouth. They said, he don't teach like the scribes and the Pharisees. He teaches like one having authority. The authority of love. He was motivated out of love. Now watch this. Look with me in the you in Matthew chapter 5? Let's start in verse number 38. Can y'all say something like, let me know you're there? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew 5, 30. I wonder if I got the right thing here. Oh, I'm in Matthew 6. All right. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, you remember in the Old Testament, there was an Old Testament law that said an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Well, that had to do 
that that had to do to, that had to do with making sure that the crime fit the punishment. So that wasn't there's no contradiction here. And retribution was to be done by the government, not by individuals. Watch this. He says, but I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Boy, this is one that everybody, you know, and I've heard people interpret this. Well, you know, he don't mean that. If anyone wants to sue you, take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compares you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Jesus is really saying there that we need to be released from wanting to retaliate personally. For some of us, we, some of us got bad tempers. And we bring that into the kingdom. No, retaliate. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But look what he says in verse number 43. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, watch this, love your enemies and bless those that curse you. Now, I want you to think about the person you don't like right now. Think about your enemies. Anybody got any enemies? People who mean you no good? Here's what Jesus said. Watch this. He says, love them. He didn't say love them if they treat you right. He didn't say love them if they come to you and say, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. He just said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. He said, do good to them. Boy, I, can't, I can't pass this hard. That's hard. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do this. You have to do it. You have to do it. You will go no further until you resolve this in your heart. He said, pray for, not against. Pray for those who spitefully use you. How many have been used? Jesus said, pray for them. What would the world say? Pray against them. I, I hope you get what you got coming to you. Or the world would say, I hope you rot in. You see, if people, if, if we're the light of the world, Jesus is saying that we are the only last hope left, the lasting and real hope. And if we don't know how to love, if we refuse to do it God's way, then where would people go? Where'd he go? Where would they go? Where would the broken go? He said, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. You hear that? Do you, do you hear that? It's, it's, it's the idea that, you know how, you know, if your son or if your daughter, if you're a father, you have kids, you say to your kids, when your kids do it right, you know, my boy, he was playing football just a couple of weeks ago. You know, he got a hit. I said, that's, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. You know, when your daughter did it right, that's my girl. That's my girl. You know, when, he, when our kids do it right, we're proud of them. God says, how many of you want to make God proud? God says, God said, when you love your enemies, when you bless those that mistreat you, persecute you, and use you, God says, God says, when you do that, then you're, you're my kids. These are my kids. God says, that's my boy. That's my girl. 
Now you're doing it the way that I want you to do it. Verse 46, for as you love those who love you, what reward have you? How many know Jesus just have a way with words? <laughs> I mean, he cuts you no slack, does he not? He said, do not, do not even tax collectors or sinners do the same. He said, in other words, people in the world, they love people who love them. He said, you're supposed to be, the, you, you're my son, you're my daughter. You don't get credit for treating people right that treat you right. You get credit, you get anointed, you get blessed when you treat people right and love them even when they don't do it back to you. He said, you get no credit. But boy, let's say if you're hurting, let's say somebody hurt you. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to say, look, Lord, this hurts. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. But, but, but we get no credit because somebody else treat me good, then I treat you good. But God said, you get a whole lot of credit. If you get mistreated, you get abused, you get persecuted, all that, he said, if you love them, he says, he says then, then you're going to be blessed. We don't hear this kind of thing talked about in church a whole lot, do we? Because sometimes we want to make, let people think it's okay to be mad and be angry. That's why in this church, I just take you right back to the word. How many know the word speaks for itself? He said, if you greet your brethren only, what do, what do you more than others? He said, if you greet your brothers, I mean, yeah, they love you. Cool. That, that's easy. What is that? That's good. But do you expect that, that is, you're going to gain some kind of a blessing out of that? Verse 48, he said, therefore, you should be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. How many of you, I, again, I want to ask the question, how many of you want to be like Jesus? No, how many of you really want to be like Jesus? Well, some of you got some business that you need to take care of because God's been talking to you. You are accountable for the word that you hear. Every time you sit in a church and you hear a preacher that's preaching truth, you can't say, God, I ain't know that. God's, God's going to hold everybody here accountable one day. Why, why, did, why, did, you do, why, did, why did you do that? Well, well, Lord, I didn't know. I was just, you know, nobody really. No, you heard it today. You are called to love people and love the people that you hate. And I know every, people in here can say, you can tell me some horrible things that happen in your life. And I will cry with you. I will sympathize with you. But after I finish crying and after I wipe away the tears, I'll look you straight in the face and say, you got to move on and you got to love them. I don't have much more than that. I don't have no more. If you're looking for more from me, give me, give me a word. Just gave it to you. Give me a prophetic word, pastor. That, that is plain and simple. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6, Romans 5, verses 6 through 10, talking about Christ's love. The Bible said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do y'all ever think about what that means? God didn't wait to, for us to get it together and loved us. <laughs> we, we got a testimony the other night from a sister who was talking about how that uh, they were, when they were in sin, how that they, were, they would be so drunk that didn't know where they were. And I'm going to use that as an example. I didn't ask, but, we, you know, but understand something. When you and I was need, I mean, deep in our sin, I mean, deep in it. God, look, Jesus say, okay, I'm going to accept you once you clean yourself up. You ever hear people say that? I'll get right with God, but I got to get a few things in order. No, you don't. You just got to come. Because you ain't going to ever get it in order without him. Amen. Deep. Deep in sin, when we were deep, think about, the, think about the pinnacle of your sin. Everybody, just imagine for a moment. Just think about before you got saved. I know it's hard for some of you because, you know, because you've been righteous for a long time, all your life. 
But if you can just kind of just, just, I know you don't want to go back in the past. I don't want you to do, I, I hate to ask you to do that. But for the sake of this message, I want you to go all the way back and remember the most heinous of sins that you were doing. Think about it. For some of us, we can remember the sin we did just yesterday or last week. Watch this. Christ died for you then. He said if he, if he loved us that much when we weren't his, how much more would he love us now that we belong to him? Bible called this thing good news. Good news. Good news. So when you preach the gospel, I want to tell you about some good news. See, some of us think, oh, you see, see, yes, we got to warn people of the judgment to come, but you know what really draws people to Jesus? Preach his love. Amen. Preach his love. Preach his grace. Preach his mercy. Preach. Let me tell you what I was going through and what God brought me up out of. Let me tell you what he did to me in my life. Look at me. I'm changed. He can do this for you. And they will look at you like, whoa. But if you go into him and you start telling him, oh, you're going to rot. You're going to, you need to repent. You're going to go to hell. That could be true. But is that the right spirit? Where's the love? You got to tell people the truth. All I'm saying is it got to be connected to love. Love got to be the motivation. It has to be the motivation for everything that we do. Now, a couple more points and we're done. The believer's responsibility to love one another. John 13, 34 through 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now we're talking about the church. So now we understand how we are to love those who don't know God. But now he says, but I want you to look at this verse in John 13, verses 34 through 35. He says, a new commandment. Does anybody need me to define what commandment means? Is that optional? I mean, I don't think so, right? I mean, we all, there's no interpretation problem with that. Because you know how people can try to come up with all, I don't know, it's amazing. People can just come up with stuff. You know, when you really want to do stuff the way you want to do it, you can twist the scripture and make it say about anything you want to say. But Jesus was very simplistic. The gospel is not all that complicated. The good news is not complicated. He says this, watch this. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another like they love me. Is that what it says? Love one another even as I have loved you. Talking about other believers. Now, how have God loved you? Unconditionally, he chased after you. He forgive you of your sin all the time. Every day, that's why the Bible says he ever lived to make intercession for us. You know why he have to keep making intercession? Because we keep blowing it. <laughs> thank God every day, Lord Jesus, thank you for making intercession for me. Pray for me, Jesus, every day. Because I keep blowing it. I know I ain't supposed to do it, but I keep it. Thank you, Jesus. And he says, with, with that same love that I love you, now you go do it with one another. But we don't seem to have the same kind of patience with each other as Jesus had with us. We know how to flip that thing off, don't we? He says, love one another as I have loved you. Look at 1 John 4.20. I think you have it up there. If someone says, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother. He is a what? So can I love God and hate my brother? It, it seems like to me that what he's saying there, that, that my relationship to God is tied to my relationship with this guy. So if I ain't, getting, if I ain't right with you, and we both believers... That's going to affect my relationship here. Well, I don't need you. I'm just going to talk to God. I don't need to talk to you. If I'm not right with my brother, that has an effect on my relationship here. Now, we don't like that because we want to, because we want to, you know, that's why people say a lot of times they don't want to be connected to the body. So we're going to, we're going to do a new series called The Body. 
because some people just don't, they want to keep it just as just me and God. No, God designed you to be tied to the body. And you don't really know where you are until you are in the body and you're dealing with other people. Other people will tell you really quick where you are in your spiritual growth with God. You want to learn where you are with God? Just start, just hang around some people. I think I, I guess I read the scripture. I'm mighty. I read the word. I'm good. I'm good. No, you don't know nothing. Let's, 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 let's start dealing with some people. Drive you back to your knees quick. I thought I was up here. I realized I ain't nowhere where I thought I was. Because people will pull, look, if people will pull out you, not that they're putting some in, they're pulling out of you what was already there. And you don't realize until you start dealing with them. I didn't know. I thought I, I thought I was free. I didn't think I had I didn't think I had a problem with that. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know something. You kidding me. And then you're struggling. You don't want to see the person. You try to avoid them. I don't want to, I don't want to see them. I don't have nothing to do with them. And God talking to you the whole time. You need to fix it. You need to get it right. You know, Jesus keeps talking to you about the same thing. And he, he knows how to put on the brakes until you get right what he wants you to get right. He just, he just put, <laughs> go straighten that out. And he'll harass you, harass you. And if you're really walking with God, you know it. Because you ain't going to get no peace. If you really walk around, you ain't going to have no peace till you fix it. God will harass you. I mean, there have been times, I'm, listen, I'm preaching from experience. Can I say that to you? Amen. I'm preaching from experience. I had, I, had, I had some stuff done to me that was dirty. And I felt justified. Because from a worldly sense, you are. If, if, if your standard of living is the way that the world does things, you are justified to retaliate. But if you say you're a Christian, that changes the whole game. It ain't the same game no more. The rules have changed drastically. <laughs> it's not the same. No more. I, I can't hold on to that no more. I got to let it go. He says, if you don't love your brother, you're a liar. You can't say you love God. He says, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. But I can't stand you. I love the Lord. Jesus said, you're a liar. Amen. The Bible says you're a liar. I didn't say it. Now, let's, now, I know some of you, so trying to figure out in Greek, how's Pastor got that wrong? The Greek manuscript must say something completely different. That can't be right. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, How? 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 How can he love God whom he has not seen? Because to love God is to love his people. If you don't love his people, God's saying you don't love me. So if you don't want to deal with God's people, you don't want to deal with God. If you don't want to be around the body, you don't want to deal with God. I don't need to go to church. I don't need them people. Yes, you do. Because they're God's people. The same God you say you love, God said, those are my folks. Somebody said the other night when we were giving testimony, somebody said, well, that Jesus said, God spoke to you and told you, respect my people. That's a, that's a sermon. I'm going to use that as a Respect, God spoke to her and said, respect my people. Her attitude won't write toward God's people. God said, you better respect my people. She heard. In closing, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. I, really, I didn't do much, anything about my notes, but God knows. It ain't about my notes. It's about God doing what he wants to do. Amen. Y'all there in verse number one? Let's talk about it. We're going to sum it up this way. Because we need to be a people that love because our daddy loved. Now watch this. This is deep. This, you know, we're going to have to hurt you again just a little bit. It's going to hurt a little bit, but, but we're going to bring you back up. God's going to bring you back up. He said, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. You know what that some folks are? They're just a lot of noise. Their mouth is moving, but nobody's listening. If I had the gift of prophecy, and I understood all this God's secrets. I mean, if you was anointed, you, you had a prophetic anointing on your life. 
You understood the secrets of God. You can unlock the, the secrets and the wisdom of God. He said, if I had to give the prophecy and not understand all, the, all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains. In other words, I got some deep faith. How many of some of us got some big faith? He said, but if you didn't have love, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, if I could boast about it, if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I'm anointed. I'm gifted. That's good. We need anointing. We need gifted. But do you love people? Because he's saying if you got all that, you got big faith, but you don't love people, he said, it's useless. I told you that was tough, wasn't it? I know. I read the same book you read. It cuts like somebody said the other night. Who was that said the other night? It cuts going in and cuts coming out. Who, who said it, Roller? Roller said it just he bleeding. <laughs> we have, some of us right now, we're bleeding, man. We had to get... We got to go get the first aid kit. For some of us, we got we to gotta go call the ambulance, the paramedics, because you bought the bleed out. No, nah, I'm just teasing. But listen, I, I love this. It says, verse 4, love is patient and kind. See, love is patient. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. How do we know it's not nice to be rude? The Bible says love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. You know, all of us got, when somebody do us wrong, we got a little list. I'm going to challenge you today to burn that thing up. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. And it does, it does re- not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Yes. Love never gives up. I love that. You see, I always say this, and I shared this with a couple of you, somebody in here, and I said, you know, as long as there's breath in our bodies, there's always hope. Yes. You know, God, love never fails. That's what the scripture says. A lot of folks, we just got to love them. We got to love them right, and they'll get right. Did you hear that? We have to love them right. They'll get right. The kind of love that makes people say, are you from another world? You can look at them and say, yes, I am. The kingdom. That's how we do it in the kingdom. We don't hold grudges. We get over it. We love. But so how many know in order to do that, you really got to die to yourself? You got to crucify your flesh. Everything is, Lord, please help me. You got to get up. Some of you need to build a little altar, symbolic, right in your house, and jump right up on that thing every day. Boom, right here. And spiritually have a sacrifice. Love never gives up, never lose faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. That's my sermon for the day. Now, is this just going to be another sermon that I preached? You said I came to church and I got that done today. Now I can go back and do my thing. Or are we really going to allow God to say, to speak to us and say, if you're not loving, if you're not obeying what he says concerning love, which is a new commandment, which is a commandment by God, that you're saying to God, this is what we all need to be saying, Lord, I'm ready for a change. We pray this morning that there be a change in all of us. You know, when you come to church, you should want to be changed, right? Amen. Some people get offended when they hear a word that goes to them. They get mad. Like, why are you getting mad? Why are you coming to church? You know Jesus is going to cut you a little bit. But you know why I love, see, I'd rather Jesus cut me than some folks. Because some folks cut you, they mess you up. <laughs> but you know, when Jesus cuts you, he take good care of you. 
He cuts you so he can make you better. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus, you don't really know his love yet. I want to encourage you this morning to submit your life to him and experience his love that is everlasting, (laughs) full of good fruits, full of mercy. You're saying, Pastor, I need to experience his love. I haven't experienced it yet. If that's you, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I really do. You need to know this love. It is the greatest love. It's so good. Well, perhaps you're a believer. I believe all of us are. Nobody raised their hands. So I believe we're all Christians here this morning. And you know that you haven't walked in love. You know it. The Lord has rung your bell. And he's challenging you. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to love? Are you going to forgive? Are you going to do it God's way? If the Holy Spirit convicted you this morning, just slip your hand up. We don't want to embarrass you just by a way of confession to God and submission to his word. I see that hand. See another hand. You say to the Lord, I, I haven't been walking in love. I, I got a problem with people. And I'm angry and I'm mad about it. see that other hand. I see another hand. This is just between you and God. This ain't got nothing to do with Pastor Bailey. You just raise your hand to God. You're submitting to God saying, Lord, I need to get this right. Is there another? We're just going to pray for you. That's all. Is there another hand? You're not walking in love and you know it. Those who raise your hand, let's pray. Repeat after me. Father, forgive me for my anger my frustration. Teach me to walk in love. Give me a heart to love like you love. Help me to walk like you walk among all people. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I repent of my sin of not walking in love or my desire to retaliate for what somebody did to me. I let it go this morning. I receive your grace. I am healed right now. I love like you love. By your grace, I can do this. Thank you, Jesus, for that grace. And all God's people said amen. We desire special prayer after service. You can come up front and we can pray with you. Um, Let's stand to your feet. This concludes our series on Live Like Jesus. Hopefully we will have them up online for you to to check out every now and then. And I really pray that, I really pray that it is, it becomes a top priority, if it isn't already to let God peel off all the stuff that is holding us back. If you feel like you've been under the knife for the past few weeks, that's a good thing. Because you've been in surgery. But if you go ahead and do what the doctor prescribed, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be doing real good. And your impact and your message and our message of the gospel that's given to us from Christ will be much more effective when we walk like Jesus walked.